Fuck off. Fuck off. Yeah. yeah. Ah! <laughs> Welcome. Terrifying. Welcome. The gang are here. Hey, the new gang of four. Hey. I like your new header pick, Laura. Thanks. I really like it. Very good. Arguably my best ever tweet. President Obama suggests Jeremy Corbyn's Labour Party is disintegrating and has lost touch with fact and reality. Obama's a fucking melt next. Very sad and tragic (laughs) from a failed President Obama. Oh, and I've got the full James Bloodworth Gusanos thread. Yes! (laughs) I introduced the last one so one of you lot can do the honours. Laura? Mm, sorry. <laughs> was that you volunteering, Laura? <laughs> that was me yawning, but sure, I'll do it. <laughs> right, here we are then. Okie dokie. Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives, I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And, of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Who are the hard left, What's it? Chris? Well, we know who the hard left are in the you know, ascendancy I, I, within, the, within the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were right, right to right wing. The hard left agenda. I've been Printing money, nationalising. Without compensation, that sort of hard left This is going to be a good episode because it's time for the real politic fake news awards. Fuck yeah! Yes, 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 yes. yes. Hell yeah! We're going to run through all of the fucking worst aches, the worst accounts, the worst articles, the worst books, films, polls, everything from 2017, which oh, was one hell of a yeah. fucking year. Yeah. So, fucking buckle yeah, your seatbelts. Yeah. Some prime slug salting. No need to focus on any of the good stuff. This is just purely bitter recriminations. <laughs> just us laying into the worst shite of the entire year with no ray of light. So just an audio version of left Twitter. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So we've, we've got a hell of a lot of stuff in store for you today. Did any of you read Donald Trump's fake news awards? I did not. No. <laughs> what? Uh, He's doing his own fake news awards? 
Isn't everything <laughs> fake news to him? Tom, did you not? This is what. I thought you'd be aware I saw the of... video. The last thing I saw of him was from the other day when he did that speech and he's like, for too long, women have been pregnant for nine months. It has to end or something what? along those lines. Something ridiculous. <laughs> What? what did he say exactly? It was something like it was an anti-abortion rally he was at, or something. I don't know. Like, I thought they like the women being pregnant for nine months. The anti no, no, sorry, people. No, no. That's isn't that <laughs> they the want to make point? it last longer. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the fetuses in. Well, they want okay. to extend the gestation period so it like matches like a fucking elephant. So women are pregnant for <laughs> like four years. <laughs> Uh, we'll play the clip. Here's the clip. Right now, in a number of states, the laws allow a baby to be born from his or her mother's womb in the ninth month. It is wrong. It has to change. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Trump did, he did his own fake news awards. At first, I thought he was just tweeting about it because he was like, yeah, I'm going to do my own fake news awards. And then everyone was like, oh, my God, have you no decency, sir? This is the most extreme breach of protocol I have ever seen where our president <laughs> is disgracing his noble office by not... Uh, respecting our free press. Uh, watch Steven Spielberg's new movie, The Post, by the way. And it, yeah, it, it was, you know, it's, this is, uh, he is violating all the norms that keep our democracy afloat. But yeah, I read it. Like, he posted the link and it didn't work. And then he posted a link that did work. And it and it was just like a fucking blog post, like, just like on, like, GOP.com. And it was, just, it was just literally him, like, uh, well, I mean, I don't imagine he wrote it. I imagine some like poor fucking low-level Trump aides had to slave away writing this thing. But it was just like thirteen fucking like the MSNBC said that the economy is gonna crash if Trump gets in, but actually it's not. And it, it was it was just all like that. And I so I think ours will probably be be better. Didn't he basically just list every single media outlet that isn't Breitbart News and they be Fox? Yeah, I don't know if Fox made it on there. <laughs> when but... the world is against you, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, the world's certainly against us, hence we've got so much to fucking complain about today. Yeah, true enough. So what, what but do we, we don't call it all fake news, except for here. Well, yeah, this is the fake <laughs> news awards. So, um, <laughs> I mean, should we should we start honouring our colleagues, our comrades, our peers in the podcasting community who have contributed <laughs> so much to this honourable art form? Hell yeah. Discourse. <laughs> we do turn discourse into an art form. So, Where do you start? Like you out of the discourse, uh, bros. <laughs> maniacs. Oh, like, they're they're probably head of the pack. <laughs> <laughs> the mental, crazy, lunatic Romaniacs. <laughs> you could almost say that they're they're mentally ill. Could you <laughs> say that they're disabled? <laughs> what a story, Mark. <laughs> yeah, they're such maniacs. Yeah, I listened to an episode of Romaniacs. Yeah, I listened to the same episode. I believe this is the first episode. 
Have you since become yeah. a regular listener, Yair? Listen to every episode as it comes out, obviously. Yeah, you, you don't even listen to this fucking podcast. <laughs> That's a likely story. <laughs> <laughs> Never even heard an episode of Real Politic. So yeah, Romaniacs was just like, from, from what I remember, it was just Ian Dunn and Dorian Linsky, who like... I've seen quite often, like, it will be a pro-Brexit journalist versus an anti-Brexit thing. Like, why we should stay in the single market and arguing the why we should side is Dorian Linsky, one of the hosts of Romaniacs. I'm just like, no, he's a fucking music journalist. I doubt he fucking knew what the single market was before he voted Remain. Literally, like, half these chuds, I reckon, it's only after the referendum that they've tried to get their heads around stuff like the customs union and the single market and stuff. And yeah, just like a melt from the Guardian music section has collaborated with Ian Dunn and some Tory. <laughs> Gusanos! <laughs> Romaniacs. Romaniacs. Dorian Linsky, yeah. some melt from the Guardian music section, teamed up with Ian Dunn, Arch Melt, and some Tory Melt, because uh, you've got to have a Tory in your show, um, right, Tom? Take a balance, you know. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, that that that's fucking serves you right for the Jack Finar. This is because I I called episode. you. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Yeah, you that's fucker. Why. Yeah, yeah. You had it. You had it coming, mate. Fucking smart. <laughs> fucking gusanos. <laughs> <laughs> fucking spiders. You fucking cockroach. <laughs> You worm. Uh, worm. Do you see what they're doing here, listeners? Do you see what they're doing? They're referring to me as a cockroach, as if they're going to squash me. That's that is intimidation to abuse and violence. <laughs> violence, violence. I don't. I don't suppose you've ever played. I a would game expect of nothing less of the hard left. <laughs> Tom, you know about a cardo van well, in your drive. Who are the hard left? Well, we know Sorry. who the hard left are. Oh, printing money, nationalisation, <laughs> proposition. Sorry, what, what are you saying about my dr- on my drive? The cardo van. <laughs> Who do you think's in there? We're literally three minutes in and I've already been seen off. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, to move on, Romaniacs was pretty bad. Me and Yair and uh, the late Real Politic host Kieran Morris, who, who sadly died of being hit in the ass by Oliver Cam with a cricket bat. <laughs> Rob Travis the skin rotties. <laughs> body was lost in the pacific and <laughs> been able to find it yeah it, he was poisoned he was poisoned by michael duggar with a with a fucking dodgy <laughs> curry at a shed seven concert <laughs> he's missing in action presumed dead <laughs> yeah, from, from go, that was from uh he went off to fight in the lord's resistance army with joseph coney <laughs> 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 and then Ian Dunn's like now this story goes somewhere interesting and I, I was just like well <laughs> I don't know about that but then sure enough the political editor of Erotic Review did start oh, going on the heat. about the UK's online video regulatory body attempting yeah. to ban dominatrix porn <laughs> And you and you can just hear his Tory mate is like, uh, oh, uh, uh, um, just uh, tugging at his collar, like, oh, yes, uh, the, the, the dominatrix porn, uh, yes, yes. I mean, talk about addressing a sacred cow in a room full of plus forty men, <laughs> 40 plus men rather, just like all collectively shitting themselves. 
telling their wife, no, don't listen to that. (laughs) All that sort of thing. Like, they just instantly just melt into a pool of sweat. Dunces ruined the atmosphere. Yeah, precisely. (laughs) My favourite thing was, like, the lamest story. Well, like, the lamest line I've ever heard delivered, probably over audio, was the (laughs) the economist... Uh, the, guy the, economist the economist guy. Was the economist? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Peter like he Collins. Tells this, yeah, Peter Collins. He says this lame fucking line where he's like, oh, well, uh, what I know about football, you could uh, probably uh, write down at the back of a post-it note. But uh, an, uh, an interesting graph this week has uh, oh, come out yeah. where they've um, corresponded to the, uh, the referendum <laughs> result with uh, the uh, the Premier League table. And if, <laughs> if you look, um, the Remainers find themselves you know, quite quite top of the list. Uh, but if you uh, look down at the um, relegation zone, <laughs> well, uh, you'd say that, that, you know, it's really leave country down there. Uh, I just thought that was funny, you know? And it ends like that. And, like, I, I almost bawled my eyes out. Like, there's Burnham-style, like, authenticrat, here's me, Gordon Park shit. It's not believable, but it's not absurd. But you've yeah. got this, like, fucking eaten schoolboy, thick as pig shit, inbred five times over, <laughs> gibbering fucking mess. Try and, like, make this illusion based on, like, no understanding of what places like fucking Hull and Sunderland and Middlesbrough are like. <laughs> yeah. And just, like, tying their, like, socioeconomic situation to the, like, quality of their football team. And, and then they're, like... <laughs> perceived prejudices or in the case of the show mental illnesses for voting as we said mm, lots of mental illness banter throughout the whole thing what i thought was really funny was that that football analogy came directly after the dominatrix porn bit (laughs) i thought so i thought that peter collins after he'd done his little uh, collar tugging oh yes well uh yeah of course uh, i thought he was gonna say well you know what i know about dominatrix porn you can write on the back of a stamp So we listened to Romaniacs, didn't we, Yair? And it was this, this, like boring stuff about like trade and tariffs, yep. like stuff that like no person who's not a fucking number crunching nerd would even like concern themselves with. Just terrible, tedious stuff, but with like mental health slurs every two seconds to balance <laughs> out the boring number crunching <laughs> shit about the single market. So that was pretty bad. I, I would also like to nominate every single other podcast about Brexit because who the fuck would listen to a podcast about Brexit? That being said, can somebody please buy me one of those Romaniacs University jumpers? What are these jumpers, Laura? So that, like, Romaniacs, they make merch. And what is yeah. it? <laughs> got, like, this weird, like, crest thing on it and it says, like, Romaniacs University or something fucking just... Wild. <laughs> Do you want to go down I'm the storm at university? <laughs> Did they? I need to find a picture of this. Romania. Did they do that T-shirt that Alistair Campbell was pictured wearing, which was just like "Stop Brexit"? It was the picture of him standing in a garden, looking like he'd taken the divorce really bad. Oh God. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. 
Isn't their logo like a rip? Oh my god, it's, their logo's what, what? It's like the fucking Ramones logo. Yeah. Oh <laughs> no. It's like, oh. hey, like, hey ho, let's stay. <laughs> hey ho, let's go. So yeah. oh. Well, because you know, uh, anti-Brexit meltism is the new punk rock. Oh, is yeah. it? It's, it's like, what young person's going to go to university be like? Punk rock. Yeah. <laughs> what young person's going to go to university and be like wearing that? Like, well, I'm going to go down a storm. It's like, no. <laughs> you, well, you, you know, you know. You know I, I remember the heady days of university, sitting in the dorm rooms, blazing up, listening to the novelty single, No Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> <laughs> what was the alternative chant that some of the right of the Labour Party were trying to get going? Was it, oh, Gloria oh, Del Perro. Oh, what was fucking like... hell. Is it Chukaramuna? <laughs> oh, is it that? Oh no! Fuck no! There's a great, great bit of fake, <laughs> great bit of fake news where Nick Cohen tried to redefine meter in songwriting by uh, claiming that Oh Rebecca Long Bailey doesn't fit the tune of White Stripes' Seven Nation Army when it, it, it actually obviously does better than Oh Jeremy Corbyn. I, I literally <laughs> I couldn't give less of a shit whether or not it fits. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't make me stop singing it. I won't stop singing it. <laughs> oh Laura Pidcock. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh just... Laura Jolly. Oh fuck the machete. <laughs> oh just... who other hard left, Chris? <laughs> Chris <laughs> <laughs> They just keep praising Castro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Romaniacs is pretty fucking bad, but the same goes for, like, the Guardian Brexit podcast, the Times Brexit podcast, and any other fucking podcast that's just solely about Brexit that you'd frankly have to be a complete cunt to be seen dead listening to <laughs> ludicrous, ludicrous people who are that interested in brexit <laughs> to move on i think somebody asked where do we start with melty podcasts fake news podcasts aside from our own of course <laughs> and, and uh, yeah romaniacs was a fair enough place to start but i think that geographically the place to start would be the new statesman offices where oh. two <laughs> of our prime, prime contenders are based so, oh the spunk podcast so yes yeah, so let's start with the new statesman deep dive podcast sadly deceased oh. yeah. spunk can only live for so long once it's outside of the body <laughs> <laughs> is actually a perishable item and therefore does die. Yeah, so... <laughs> Ian Leslie did say once the Deep Dive podcast was ejaculated from the New Statesman's roster of podcasts, <laughs> their, their body, so to speak, he did say if anybody else wants to host the New Statesman Deep Dive podcast, you know, go ahead. Doesn't seem like anyone wants to. We did offer. We should have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't take <laughs> us up on his offer, which is a shame. Because obviously I mean, we would have restaged the greatest ever episode of the New Statesman Deep Dive podcast where Ian Leslie yeah. subjected our friend Matt Zob cousin yeah. to uh, an absolutely <laughs> vicious Stasi-style interrogation 
interrogation where he um, <laughs> he he pressed Matt very hard on calling people melts on Twitter. What what were the, what were the exact tweets? The tweets were incredible. How could you take the, the deep dive podcast like the guys on that seriously, where they were asking him these questions, just presenting him with the tweets like, so did you say this, Matt? What do you have to say for yourself, Matt? One of them was a tweet that Matt sent to Chris Deerin, who wrote some fucking yeah. shocking article today that I've, I've already forgotten the content of. <laughs> Memorable <laughs> stuff. Yes. Clearly very high quality stuff yeah basically chris deering was in a big fucking beef with owen jones and owen said you are a bully not just a bully an unpleasant wrong nasty discredited bully and chris deering who's recently been appointed in the last year as the new statesman's scotland editor (laughs) (laughs) like the last person who has a clue about anything he said oh man have a look in the mirror Speak to anyone who's ever had to debate you. You are not seen the way you think you are. Now troll off. <laughs> to which Matt Zav Cousin <laughs> said, You are seen as a supreme melt, and you also happen to be one. Take care and love to the family. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when Zav um... went on the New Statesman Deep Dive podcast to talk about his experiences doing comms for Jeremy Corbyn, they put that tweet to him as well as another tweet which all i remember of was as ian leslie read it like ha 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 you melt (laughs) (laughs) my sole recollection of the other tweet but there were can we find that clip can we find it yeah we'll find it and put the clip in of course it's great and you could just you could just hear in matt's voice that he's like are you for real like are you actually (laughs) doing this right now as he he tries to contain like not pissing himself like (laughs) and uh, by the way i've warned matt that i'm going to do this um the uh, some of the tweets that he sent yesterday you went on a kind of um you went around kind of being really angry at people um i'm not angry so you know (laughs) Okay, good. So, oh, yeah, I'm going to read some of them out, right? And yeah, then, yeah, I, which I know you're you're fine with. Um, this is to Neil Wallace. Ha ha! You absolute melt. What are you? What are you apart from totally irrelevant? Uh, Chris Deering, uh, retire Wallace? you idiot. I, I will come yeah, back to you. Yeah. I promise. Um, retire you idiot. Put yourself out to pasture, pal. You're a seen. You are seen as a supreme melt, and you also happen to be one. Take care and love to the family, which is a bit dark. And that Pretty was good. where um, Ian Leslie was, was sort of going, well, I don't think that it's just the left, obviously, although I'm going to heavily imply that it is. But <laughs> recently, you've seen this kind of quite nasty and personal and abusive type of language coming from, you know, even Corbynista MPs like Clive Lewis. Uh, cut to clip of Clive Lewis calling Chris Leslie, who it turns out is Ian Leslie's cousin, a sad lonely bitter man (laughs) i think chris leslie is a sad lonely bitter man i feel very sorry for him i I think he's an isolated individual i think he will be an isolated character within the party and i think ultimately he should understand that there will be no truck for people like him to carry on being disloyal what he needs to do is to actually get behind the leadership of this party it's earned the right to lead jeremy corbyn and the, the top team have earned the right to lead and he should actually have a little bit of respect uh, and i think ultimately 
if he doesn't, then, you know, he's going to be in a pretty, a pretty difficult place. So that was yeah. fantastic. That was really good and funny. <laughs> and ever since then, it's just been going downhill and now it's no more. Very and, sad. And of course, we've got to save a mention for the New Statesman podcast, their main <laughs> one itself, which has featured such classic moments as Helen Lewis complaining about being called a slug on Twitter. Now I have wheelie bins, so I'm, you know, like, I, I watch Mrs. Brown's Boys, that chat show, I have a wheelie bin, I'm incredibly in touch Is with Middle England. Is that why you're becoming a Tory? I'm not becoming a Tory. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, on the subject of the actual Tories, um, so yeah, they... It's fine, this isn't like people, if you said that to me on Twitter, then I'd be drowning in people calling me a slug for the next couple of weeks, but, it's, you know, people on, turns out actually people who listen to our podcast are able to comprehend whole sentences rather than just angrily mashing the keyboard. Um, yeah, but... Uh... Can we talk about the Labour leadership? <laughs> and Helen Lewis complaining that the people calling her a turf on Twitter are Russian bots. I, want, I think that factors into the fact that, as well the kind of Russian disinformation which you mentioned in the last section. So I got into another Twitter fight at the weekend. After I've, you know, and I've said this before, that I think that the phrase turf has just become a stand-in for the word bitch because almost no one knows what it means and it's only ever really applied to women. And I was really surprised because I just got a stream of, of, of abusive messages that said, like, lol, shut up, turf. Because there were so many of them. I could see that the account names were very suspicious. There were lots of stuff that had, like, punch Nazis in the title or, like, diabetes, which is a reference to a 4chan campaign. So I just think there is a, a huge injection by people like 4chan, so hoaxer groups, maybe US right Republicans. We know that there were some PACs that were funding anti-Clinton attacks for being insufficiently you know, pro-LGBT in an attempt to split the left, and maybe Russian state actors as well. I once got in my boyfriend's car and he tried to put on the episode of the fucking New Statesman podcast that he was listening to for whatever reason. He's a fucking melt. Um, and, the, and I heard Helen Lewis's voice and I tried to open the door of the moving car to climb out. <laughs> the only appropriate reaction. The only appropriate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Safe to oh. say he no longer tries to listen to New Statesman podcasts anywhere near me. <laughs> well, I just got this picture of just you in, in this fast moving car just like fuck it! I don't have to bear this shit! <laughs> I, will, I will die before I listen to Helen Lewis. <laughs> You just put on the New Statesman podcast uh. anywhere near Laura and just fuck off, fuck off. The I just stop jumping out windows. It, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we also need to spare a mention for another towering podcast of the podcast community, which of course is the Politics Home podcast. Oh. Um, you know, our man Kev Schofield. I love to smoke marijuana. And <clears throat> various others. A few laughs, apparently, according to their Twitter feed. Oh, um, wow. Few Big laughs. praise for themselves. Yeah, precisely three per episode. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, speaking of Matt Zarb cousin, the only Politics Home podcast episode to get real politic numbers was the one Matt Zarb cousin appeared on. And the, oh, the stupid thing is, because the fucks can't be bothered to shell out for a SoundCloud premium account, they've deleted <laughs> their fucking most popular episode, the stupid fucks. Oh. That'd be like if we deleted our <laughs> conference episode. Like, he's <laughs> absolute waste man. has got no idea how to do a podcast. Very sad and tragic what's going on there. Yeah, and that's right. We're much more popular than you. Like... 
twice as popular. You fucking little slugs. You fucking fake news emporium. Very sad and tragic what's going on there. No one's ever Careful, listened. you're threatening assault. You're threatening assault. <laughs> Doesn't politics have like, have quite a big following on Twitter and stuff? So that's pretty tragic that we're seeing them off on like podcast numbers. That's terrible. Pretty sad yep, and tragic. Yep. And you know what? It's it's been the way for months as well. Right since the election, we've been decimating their numbers. Like incredibly, yeah. incredibly sad and tragic. What's going on there? I've just got on their Twitter page and on their photos and videos kind of section at the very top of the page where you see the last few photos have uploaded. Literally, one, two, three, four, five out of the six available has Macron in them. Melt site. Yeah, politics home. Very sad and tragic. Don't know how to do a podcast. Pathetic. Um, just, just, just sad, just sad. You know? Words like that over and over again. Yeah, yeah that's the idea. <laughs> Incidentally, <laughs> politics home under the who to follow section. It's saying Lord Ashcroft, who I believe is their owner. <laughs> so there you go. From the makers of the acclaimed political biography, call me Dave. <laughs> <laughs> From the makers of. That book that outed his mate is a pig fucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From the makers of fucking porcine erotica. Um, so, I mean, do we have a fake news podcast of the year then? Out of the New Statesman podcast, the New Statesman deep dive podcast, Romaniacs, every other podcast that's about Brexit, the FT podcast, which I don't think we mentioned, but Sebastian Payne apparently sometimes does it. Yeah, he used to make it for them. So I'm uh, assuming it's just like an hour long of him reading out his Castro tweet. In his <laughs> awful, nasal, little fucking, shitey little fucking voice where he's trying to change his accent so he sounds less northern. Oh, the Labour Party should be quaking in their boots at this development. Instead, they're intent on praising... Castro, oh, Castro, Castro. I'm not from Gateshead. We're not just praising Castro, you little fucking worm. We're praising fucking Maduro. We're praising fucking Pol Pot, you little gusano. Fuck you, Seb. Okay, you little gusano. I don't know. Pol Pot was backed by the US. Let's. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Yair. To quote Tom Gann, it is generally a good rule of thumb that if the US are supporting some kind of foreign policy, it's generally wrong. <laughs> um, and of course, the final one on our list is the Politics Home podcast, which is less popular than us, has been for several months, very sad and tragic what's going on there, can't even be bothered to buy a premium SoundCloud subscription, even with all that Lord Ashcroft cash. What do we say? Ooh. Well, the only one I've ever heard is Romaniac, so I'm going to have to vote for that one. <laughs> yeah, I've got to say my vote is for the king of fake news himself. Dunty who did Brexit, so the Romaniacs. <laughs> Dunty! 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 This is oh, my grandpa, Dunty. You know what, guys? This is fucking mental. This is insane what's <laughs> happening. You lot are right mad, you are. You this are is absolute lunacy. A bunch of 
corbo maniacs yeah. right lunatics uh, if you right? even think of voting leave you are mentally ill <laughs> just stupid yeah. and it's... mentally ill Jeez. you're just a straight up psychopath ah! <laughs> I've just seen the deteriorates. I've just seen the tagline on their logo, and it's wow! Hey ho, that stay that yeah. deserves. I fucking that, told that... you. I told you. <laughs> well, we already wow. established, you know, being a fucking melt is the new punk rock. Yeah. So I guess the award. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think Romaniac should probably get it. Then go on, because. I gotta be honest. I don't think I have listened to Politics Home podcast since <laughs> Matt went on it. I don't think I've listened to the new. I don't States think anyone has. Deep. Yeah. Well, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I mentioned, but they're much less popular than we are. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's give that to Romaniac. I love you, Jezza, but no Brexit. <laughs> Then should we maybe move on to Melt Books? Who gets our award for the fake newsiest Melt Book of the Year? What are the contenders? Well, we have... I don't know if you can actually get this one in shops anymore because I think its author might have had to eat every copy. But there's the Matthew Goodwin book about Brexit. You've become rather well-known on social media for... This tweet, 27th of May this year. I'm saying this out loud. I do not believe that Labour under Jeremy Corbyn will poll 38%. I will happily, happily, in fact, eat my new Brexit book if they do. You are a man of your word, Matthew. Well, indeed I am. I was surprised that Jeremy Corbyn added two percentage points uh, or got two percentage points more than I had expected. And I did say that I would uh, eat this book. Two percentage points makes a big difference. I am a man of my word. So what I'm going to do is just sit here and eat my book while you guys carry on. There's uh, also (laughs) the Ian Dunt book about Brexit. Of course. How he did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the most, uh, you know, n- nobody had topped that as an egregious U-turn until Alex Jones suddenly decided he didn't like Star Wars and that it was really SJW. <laughs> the others are so chock full of political propaganda. So I was talking to some of the crew and, and Daria went and saw it. And she said it was total SJW. Uh, We also have, I don't even think it's disparaging to put this in the category of best fake news book because it's just doing what it says on the tin. I thought James Ball's book about fake news had some really, really really useful tips on how to disseminate the stuff in amongst his hardline anti-abortion views. (laughs) So that was a useful resource for anybody interested in disseminating disinformatia. And finally, you've got James Patrick of Byline Media's book about how Russia did everything. 
everything. Yeah. And that to remind you is the book that Dan cared not car parks Howden. Uh, yeah. which, <laughs> which maybe we'll return to that idea later. Dan Howden, you know, he put himself through reading through the fucking book and it's just all this complete bollocks that's literally plagiarised off Wikipedia. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did James Budworth's rip-off Orwell bullshit book come out this year? Oh, what, you mean the one where he pretended to be working class for several months? Yeah, you know, instead of just asking a working class person to write about their experiences, he's just like, fuck it, I want to work in, Tom, you know... Tom, where what? is your book? Where is your book, Tom? Okay, I'll back, I'll back down. Try back working down, for right. six months in a minimum wage job, young men on the left. You look ridiculous. Why yeah. don't you go and pretend to be working class and get a book deal for a book that a working class person could have written with much more personal experience than you? Funny though, Helen Lewis never replied to my tweets asking if I was working class. Yeah, I don't think she replied to any of the women who... Yeah, I think that was, that was when me and Hale got the mute. Yeah. It's when Helen's going through the tweets like, I get the sense this woman has distinctly left-wing views. I'll ignore that. <laughs> Russian bot! Russian bots, all of them. It seems like she's against transphobia as well. That's definitely the official Kremlin line. Yeah. <laughs> Time to mute. So that, that's, I mean, that's four fake news books. Is there anything else that should make the cut there? Oh, what about Hillary's campaign book? <laughs> what happened? What happened? Bernie. It was, everything was Bernie. That's what happened. It was Bernie. It's Russia. Russia. And Russia. And Russia. And Russia. Yeah. yeah, but Bernie, Russia, same thing. He's an agent of Russia, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he is just like literally anybody like an inch to the left of the democratic establishment or, or even to the right, in fact. Well, actually, no. No, o- o- only the far right, not moderate Republicans like George w bush who are actually they're, very, they're very okay good. now they're, they're oh, good boys they're good well you know yeah yeah there wasn't a bad president before trump that's what makes trump unique is that he's bad yeah. whereas george w yeah, bush no. you say what you like i might disagree with some of george bush's policies i mean not any that come to mind or anything most of them were pretty good but he but, was the but, best but, president ever but he was very principled, you know, he believed in what he said about there being an axis of evil that meant we should, you know, invade all the countries in the Middle East. And John McCain is very Let's principled give it to him. too. He did fix the Middle East. Yeah, you know? oh, he absolutely did. John McCain with his Beach Boys, bomb, 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 Iran. That old Beach Boys song, bomb, Iran. <laughs> bomb, bomb, bomb. Anyway. <laughs> You know, he's an incredibly principled man, and I'm not at all glad that he's got probably terminal cancer. Brain cancer. (laughs) That would be horrible to say it's a great thing that that horrible, horrible man is going to die soon. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely not like he's still going into the Senate and voting for the Republicans' like worst, most anti-working class policies, is it? You know, guys, I think it will be kind of sad when he dies, because I'll really miss that tumor <laughs> <laughs> finally uh. somebody principled in the senate <laughs> best tumor of 2017 <laughs> there you go Hell yeah. news award goes to john mccain seen off by tumor and seen off by the Viet Cong. <laughs> <laughs> he 
had he oh, had he gets that... dicked by the Viet Cong, then he gets dicked by cancer. Yeah, he Hooray. had that fucking bayonet in his balls coming, little fucking scab. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, that's a bit of US politics. What do we think? What, what, what is the worst melt book of 2017? Oh, um, this is difficult because. I sort of want to say Hillary's book because it's just a pathetic passing the blame to everyone else yeah. but yeah. her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, it's just so kind of like cringeworthy with all the like, it made me think of a line from the musical Hamilton, which I've been Ugh. to see oh. 50 times and can totally Hello, fellow to young people. It's tech, it's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's like, it reminded me of something that my close friend Katy Perry said on the campaign trail. <laughs> hey, Vine, I'm just chilling. Lena Dunham advised me. <laughs> and it was so in keeping with that kind of nauseating spirit of like when the Democrats changed their Twitter display picture to like the SoundCloud, no, uh, sorry, the, uh, not the SoundCloud, like, yeah, we SoundCloud rappers now. They changed it to the fucking Snapchat logo. Like they're a fucking oh joke God. of a party i think we should focus on british stuff today but i am inclined to uh, give that hillary clinton book my vote for the worst <laughs> melt book of yeah. 2017 especially because so many british melts love her yeah <laughs> yeah it's true and all, she's a hero over there like, just like the queen is a hero over here oh hell yeah <laughs> the queen is uh, <laughs> is slay queen Oh, uh, yeah. God. No, we have to delete the fucking SoundCloud account now. <laughs> no. But, you know, like, fucking melts like Richard Angel and Helen Lewis and Sarah Dittam and Hadley Freeman and all the dickheads who hate trans people. Like, they all love Hillary Clinton, despite yeah. her politics being, like, 500 miles to the right of anything that the British centre-left, as reactionary as it is, would consider acceptable. So, yeah, I think mm. her influence is still pernicious to this day, especially as her personality cult grows ever more fervent and extreme and vitriolic ever since her crushing loss to a, a paedophile reality TV star. So, yes. uh, <laughs> yeah, fuck Hillary. I'm totally down for giving her this one. Yeah. Can you play the sound clip of, of the, the vine that Laura mentioned where she... <laughs> I'm just chilling here in Cedar Rapids. <laughs> Do you remember that? Uh, like, like the fucking the weird pause and oh my god, I hate that one so Those much. Those robotic eyes just glaring at you. It's like <laughs> that fucking awful drink cooler oh, that awful. says like fucking Chillery Clinton or something. Like, oh, when Hillary's smoking that weed, Chillery Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just chilling in Cedar Rapids. New category that I've just thought of, Melt Band of the Year. The award goes to Shed Seven. <laughs> like, literally had no idea they were still together. I thought they were just like a 90s flash in the pan. But you've got Duggar, yeah. Michael Duggar, who's now, after leaving the Parliamentary Labour Party, is no longer just in charge of cooking dribbly piss curry, but also in charge of, like, the UK music industry lobbying group. 
group. And uh, it's good <laughs> to know if the guy who lobbies hard for British music thinks that Shed Seven's last album is like to slightly paraphrase like the greatest album he's heard in years. Uh, <laughs> as a really plugged in kind of guy heading up the UK music industry. At so, least he yeah. found his true calling. At least he's well away from politics now. Yes. But but still not far enough. Yeah. (laughs) But the thing is, Michael Duggar, Kevin Schofield, Stella Creasy, that fucking Tory MP who I think is Kevin Schofield's. So I couldn't stop smoking cigar smoking buddy they all love shed seven and all go to their gigs where they apparently which i gotta say is probably the most egregious bit of fake news i heard all last year are in the mosh pit the mosh oh, pit yeah. at <laughs> the mosh seven pit. Gig. shed seven gig yeah 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 <laughs> a likely story highly plausible stuff there <laughs> nomination and in fact the award for melt band of the year goes to shed seven well done lads yeah. <laughs> The most sad and tragic publications of 2017. Who have we got in the running for this then? Independent. The Lesser NS. Yes, the Lesser NS is one that I've got on here actually. After the New Statesman received a record breaking two nominations in the best fake news podcast category, (laughs) they now have simply one nomination in the most sad and tragic publications. So the New Statesman, they've like provided us with material all year, haven't they? Basically, yeah. And 2017 was really the year they went hard on their fucking crusade against trans people for for whatever reason. Yeah. Oh, Dr. Radfem suspended from the Labour Party. (laughs) (laughs) See you in a bit, Dr. Dickhead. What was the tweet she put? I have confidence that Jeremy Corbyn. What was the? What was the? Let me find the tweet here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, guess, I, 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 I guess Corbyn didn't read her leaflets after all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you well, put them uh, in the bin, you fucking mouth. Yeah. Well, that was remember what our senior Labour source said at the time. Like, yeah, yeah. Cor- I'm sure Corbyn put them in his special filing cabinet and then posted a bin emoji. <laughs> <laughs> she put heart emoji, rose emoji. I believe in at UK Labour rose emoji. I believe in that Jeremy Corbyn. Rose emoji. I believe in that Emily Formbury. Rose emoji. I know we won't be chucked out of the party because we believe that trans women are men. Rose emoji. Heart emoji. And then the next tweet she ever put was, Today I was suspended from UK life. Life comes at you fast. Fucking bodied. Turfed out uh, many people our good there. comrade Adam at Softer Hard Left put out an amazing oh, tweet yeah. earlier on yesterday with the caption sad trombone dot WAV. It's fucking Adam, great. Fantastic. Jennifer James is for the chop next. Narrator. She was for the chop next. Not literally for the yeah, chop. I'm not advocating oh, that despicable. UK Labour... Real politics oh, threatened to put me in a guillotine. <laughs> <laughs> 
so yeah, hopefully uh, the turfs are on the way out of the Labour Party now. Getting but, turfed out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the lot of them. But going back to the new statesman, I think it's important to remember something we did a whole episode on, which was the new statesman's seminal 31st of March to 6th of April issue, Wanted an Opposition. Oh my god. <laughs> so it begins with an editorial, Corbyn's failure is no excuse for fatalism. This kind of sets the narrative. Have you read this, Kieran? Yeah, I mean, we start off swinging. I mean, from that first supposition of, okay, Corbyn's failure. So there's the first word, the first line established for the way things continue. Everything is built, everything is predicated on that argument. Corbyn's failure. Yeah, it's a given. No critical engagement, no debate, no discussion, no analysis, nothing. Absolutely nothing. That is the foundational point of this magazine. The position they're staking out is Corbyn has failed and i mean in many ways left-wing politics has failed where do we go from here and my friends where we go from here is liberalism baby we're going back to the center (laughs) baby it's good again who will speak for liberal britain well i mean i I don't recall that being the purpose of the labor party to speak for liberal britain because uh, liberals were represented in parliament long before the labor party really came to fruition in a meaningful way what does liberal britain really mean in this context like woke britain 48 white britain white liberal leaning britain that isn't the poor white working class that took us out of Europe because they didn't know what was good for them. I mean, to give you some context for what liberalism means, there's no less than four current or former Liberal Democrat leaders who have contributed pieces to the New Statesman's latest issue. So you've got Farron, you've got Nick Clegg, you've got Ming Campbell, and uh, you've got Dr. Patty David Ashdown. Owen. Oh, Dr. David Owen's in there as well, isn't he? Oh, yeah, but he's never been a member of the Lib Dems. Well, he's SDP. I mean, he's obviously the worst kind of scab, but I'm not trying to say he's good simply because he's not in the Lib Dems, of course. Although he's actually weirdly one of the most sort of pro-Corbyn people in it. Yeah, it's (laughs) weird, but like he's also just for a laugh. I don't know if it's sort of senility or whatever, or just purely a dedication to being the most hated man across all the political (laughs) spectrum. But he's... All of a sudden, diehard anti-Europe. And yeah. he, he thinks Corbyn's a good guy. And, I, and he's just doing it to further lay on as much of this as possible. So people go, oh, fuck off David Owen and fuck <laughs> Corbyn as well. <laughs> he's uh, a saboteur till the very end. <laughs> the, the fucking picture of Lord Kitchener pointing at you like World War One propaganda. <laughs> um, special issue. The Labour Party has collapsed. A hard Brexit is looming. Who will speak for Liberal Britain? That's some fucking melts, evidently. Fuck Liberal Britain. <laughs> what was what was the issue when they had Jezza, John McDee and Diane on the front cover sort of pointing up into the sky with asteroids coming oh, down? God, the oh, Labour God, the Labour Reckoning. Yeah. The yeah. Labour Reckoning, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a very that was very sad and tragic what happened there. Um, that was just before their, the election, their wasn't fucking it? Fucking cover illustrations are just getting fucking worse and worse and worse and more pathetic <laughs> with every issue. Who that the they fuck come out does with? them? They're not even Tom Foster standard. Like, Tom shit looks yeah. more fucking realistic. 
realistic, <laughs> incredible than that shit. I'm just trying to find Cowley's great piece from before the election, which is pretty fucking rad if you ask me. And then there's another great extract from the New Statesman's Christmas issue, where Cowley complains oh, nice. that Corbyn refused to give him an interview. <laughs> Well, the listeners are going to be very lucky because they're going to get a little mini reading spot on the show. We do, we do love to have readings on the real politics yeah, because oh, they we, just bring us they bring us absolute oh, joy. Yes. They bring us together <laughs> in these fractious, divisive times where politics is increasingly polarized. What we need is some consensus, some bipartisanship, even. <laughs> I oh, think we, we need we need to bring together the hard Corbynists, the euphoro Corbynists, even some of the good crank Corbynists and some of the less egregious melt Corbynists. We need to bring together all <laughs> the political wings, every political discipline from hard Corbynism to melt Corbynism under one broad church, right? Yeah? Yeah! Yeah! yeah. 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 <laughs> Evidently, even sticking exclusively to schools of Corbynism isn't sectarian enough for the Real Politics <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, broad church, broad church. Broad, broad church, church, broad church. Okay, so this is... Broad Jason... church of Corbyn. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jason Cowley's piece, The Labour Reckoning. Corbyn has fought a spirited campaign, but is he leading the party to its worst defeat since 1935? Short answer, no. No, you fucking idiot, you moron, you dumb fuck dipshit cretin. This general election is the first since 1987 when Margaret Thatcher's Conservatives were defending a huge majority from which Labour should have, in my opinion, no expectation of emerging as the governing party. Beguiled by polls and a messianic self-belief, Ed Miliband went to bed on the eve of the 2015 election intoxicated by intimations of immortality. Remember, I am ready to offer myself to you as the next <laughs> Prime Minister. I feel that the last four and a half years have been leading up to this moment. I've thought deeply about how the country needs to change. We've developed the policies, the programme, and now I feel ready. I feel ready to offer myself as Prime Minister. <laughs> he offered himself to the gods, thinking that just he'd sacrifice himself, he'd get up top of the Aztec pyramid, have a knife plunged down into his chest, and lo, he would be immortal. But alas, the Tories secured a majority. He was certain that he would fulfil his destiny by becoming our new Prime Minister, perhaps as the leader of the largest party in a coalition government. Jeremy Corbyn should have no such expectation. In recent days, I've been speaking to Labour candidates. Chris Leslie, Mike Gapes, Jess Phillips, <laughs> people from all wings of the party. But where's Anna Turley? I want to hear Anna Turley. <laughs> She's off fucking arguing for a burger ban somewhere. <laughs> Including those defending small majorities and marginal seats, as well as to activists such as Luke Akehurst and... Luke Akehurst. <laughs> the picture emerging is bleaker than the polls would suggest. <laughs> you fucking confirmation bias fucking moron. And the mood is one of foreboding. Candidates expect to lose scores of seats on Thursday. <laughs> There's a sense too that two campaigns have been conducted simultaneously. Candidates with majorities under 10,000 are trying to hold back the Tory tide, while Corbyn is, as some perceive it, 
already contesting the next leadership contest. One in which, <laughs> at present, he is the sole candidate. Yeah, well, <laughs> and uh, I don't think any candidates have come forth in the time since. Sorry, Chukaru <laughs> and Yvette and Lucy Powell for some fucking reason. <laughs> Corbyn is an energetic and resilient campaigner. In strongholds across England, he purposefully goes about his business addressing rallies of the converted, which have all the fervour of religious revivalist meetings or the gatherings of a cult. <laughs> wanker. <laughs> Fucking wanker. 40%, you fuckface. Corbyn is enjoying oh, the campaign. God forbid the man enjoys himself. He and his supporters are buoyed by improving opinion poll ratings. They believe that their signature manifesto pledges, higher income taxes on those earning £80,000 a year or above, nationalisation of the railways and other utilities, free tuition fees for students are popular. And fair play to a writer from a New Statesman for mentioning Labour's tuition fees policy without describing it as a bung to the middle classes. <laughs> Corbyn and Macdonald have shifted the Overton window, it is said, by broadening the range of policies that the public will accept. They have changed the language and the priorities of our politics. They have made the return of socialism in one country, if not inevitable, then possible. If they go down in flames, they will have done so on their own terms, in their own way. No point pretending to be other than who they are or what they are. And this, at least, is commendable. Yet Labour is heading for a defeat on 8th of June all the same, because in spite of its energetic campaign, it is engaged in a dance of death. <laughs> <laughs> Corbyn and Corbynism are conspicuously popular among students and older radicals who fondly remember the anti-Vietnam protests of the late 60s and early 70s. Cowley imagining people feeling the same way about radical movements gone by as he does about what he calls like the incredible intellectual climate of the early days of Thatcherism. <laughs> he continues, <laughs> as well as uh, among anti-Blairites. The problem is that the party's vote share is heavily concentrated in safe seats and it is overly reliant on young people actually turning out to vote. Yeah, <laughs> overly reliant, Jason, you fucking prick. Young people were never going to come out to vote, were they? <laughs> oh, oh my yeah. god. God, it sounds like Tim Farron came in to write a bit here. For political scientist Tom <laughs> Lubbock has been studying political polling data and in a thread of tweets he likened Labour's plight to that of the proverbial frog in Boy Oh Boy my god! Flavors <laughs> 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 are making the frogs gay. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've got to do my best uh, political scientist voice now. Oh, I'm a fucking race realist. Oh, I look like a turtle. <laughs> Over the course of, its, of the period since it lost in 2010, Labour's position has worsened with many important groups, especially the over 55s and over 65s, he told me. Its position has worsened geographically as well. Its votes are piling up in safe seats and the fundamentals of leadership and credibility. But the overall perspective is obscured by by each new crisis, the rabid focus on Corbyn's leadership, which is certainly not something that the New Statesman ever engaged in, <laughs> has disguised a deeper malaise. Like the frog, unaware that oh, the God. water is turning him gay, <laughs> <laughs> Labour is oblivious to or refuses to contemplate the danger it is in. 
Lubbock, who is a lecturer in politics at Regent's Park College, and I'm pretty sure all his research was, like, based on fuck all and has been completely debunked now, I can check in a minute, believes the polls are flattering the party. (laughs) Even with a vote share of 33%, the party could suffer a catastrophic loss of seats to the Tories. <laughs> because unlike in 2005, when it won a majority of 35.2% of the vote, Labour's vote share is now poorly distributed from the point of view of winning in marginals, and it faces a Conservative Party polling around 15 percentage points higher than it did under Michael Howard. In other words, Labour is now disbenefited from the electoral system. I love that. 33% would be a disaster for Labour. They got 40%, and I bet this cunt is still trying to argue that they conclusively <laughs> lost the election. Mm-hmm. All right, it's, sorry, we, this is a really long and boring piece, so... Uh, uh, yeah, read it on all. that note, I've got to go a bit early to go beg for an extra three hours from my boss. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Please, sir, may I have some more? Oh, no. More for money. Zero hours contracts are fucking shit, man. I'm so sorry. Yeah, they should be outlawed, totally. shit. I thought they were by the U.S. Supreme Court, but then I realized that that was actually, you know, that other horrible employment practice of hiring you as an independent contractor, but then treating you as a full-time employee. That's oh, outlawed. Right. Oh, but zero-hour contracts, least. they're fine. Uh-huh. Long as fuck. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're you great. Go. People find them fun and like the flexibility of them and stuff. Great if you're in high school and yeah. no other <laughs> your life. I remember when some business student I was mates with for a while, like he he was defending them to me, and his argument was that oh. when he when he was in sick form, he found them uh, really convenient. Yeah, that's a that's yeah, a yeah, no argument as well. Yes, despite the fact he's never had to work a day in his life, and he probably never will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Well, sorry you couldn't stay for long, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah, carry on without me. Leave me behind. We'll do. I'll only we'll drag do. you out. Uh, <laughs> we'll hang you out to dry. You have a good day. See you, man. See you, man. We got an hour with the IS, that's all good. Where were we? So, Atul Hatwell, who edits the Labour Uncut website, which is just this utterly, like, partisan load of Blairite trash, has studied canvassing returns and spoken to many candidates and activists... Again, probably like many activists such as Luke Akehurst, Richard <laughs> Angel, Luke Akehurst, um, the deputy from Progress. Um, and also Luke Akehurst. <laughs> <laughs> the defeat will be greater than 1983. <laughs> they start with leading figures such as Tom Watson, Dennis Skinner and Caroline Flint, that famous leading figure, facing defeat while many others, including Yvette Cooper, Ed Miliband and Angela Rayner are teetering on the brink. It just reduces me to tears that these people get paid a fair a bit of money to write such shit that it's just like, God, they got it so wrong. And yet some of them are still in jobs, like Seb Payne. Like, how much does he get paid at FT? 60 grand a year. God. Fuck you, now. Yeah, I know. 
to to get it consistently wrong. <laughs> so Labour put on like thirty something seats, didn't they? And this knobhead from Labour yeah. Uncut projected that they would lose over ninety seats, <laughs> which would be the party's worst return since nineteen eighty five, when under the nascent leadership of Clement Attlee, who had a few weeks previously replaced George Lansbury, a Christian pacifist who had lost the confidence of the party, it won one hundred and fifty four seats. In nineteen eighty three, in the aftermath of the Falklands War, Michael Foote's Labour won two hundred and nine seats on a twenty seven percent vote share like it's just amazing how the, the sort of historical precedents they were citing are just so irrelevant to yeah. actual events on June the 6th Hatwell wrote another post for Labour Uncut which was headlined party braced for the worst he concluded after Corbyn's triumph in the Labour leadership Brexit and Trump the old certainties no longer hold sway yeah like old certainties like that being a left wing party is fucking electoral suicide you stupid fuck <laughs> <laughs> this is certainly the desperate hope of Labour candidates up and down the country rarely have so many who have worked Worked so hard knocking on doors, hope that they're wrong. They hoped well. <laughs> but, the, <laughs> but the evidence from Labour's own data, which I'm pretty sure like some fucking melts were in charge of, and the Tories' campaigning choices. The Tories' campaigning choices? What, like half-assing the entire campaign and like saying, oh, Theresa, just stay home, it's fine. Reusing the Brexit box and just repainting it a bit. Yeah, it's <laughs> compelling. Campaigning. And suggests that they are not. Drawing an imaginary line across the suburb, uh, boring, boring, uh, uh, it's very close. Wes Streeting, who was defending a majority of 589 in Ilford North, told yeah. me, there's a lot of warmth towards me. <laughs> Oh yeah, everyone loves me, you know. Oh, yeah, I've got a huge personal vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody always says hi when they see me in McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, nobody's just <laughs> voting for the red rose there. Honest, it's all about me. And I have a terrifically motivated team. Yeah, including all the people from Momentum who came up to campaign for you, you Fuck spineless prick. piece of shit. In a way, our ground campaigning didn't stop when we won two years ago. But will it be enough? Peter Kyle, who was making out that Blair is some kind of gay icon the other day, who was elected the wow. MP, and Tony Blair is gay. Carol Ann Duffy. Uh, uh, Peter Kyle, who was elected the MP for Hove and Portslade, majority 1,236 in 2015, was one of the few Labour games from the Tories last time around, said, This is a maverick election. Some of the conventions we've been guided by have broken down. Yeah, like MPs not running on a platform of, hey, my leader's a cunt. Yeah, he's shit. Yeah, <laughs> it would be terrible if we got into government. I represent a strong Remain constituency. I'm finding that lifelong Labour support are leaving because of Jeremy and the Corbyn project. Confirmation bias. Yeah. <laughs> Just remembering yeah. the people who agreed with his shit right-wing views. This goes to the door and like, oh yeah, yeah mate, oh I can't believe Corbyn wouldn't press the fucking red button. Yeah, and by the way, Tony Blair's a gay icon. Like, and Peter Kyle goes home, he's like, that guy was talking sense. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> what is counterintuitive is that lifelong Tory supporters are voting for me because of my stance on Article 50. I broke the whip. A large proportion of voters are thinking with their hearts, not their heads. So we're on the right playing field in Hove. Oh, and then Cowley starts shitting himself about Len McCluskey. <laughs> Len McCluskey, <laughs> the Unite power broker. That's so fucking sad, isn't it, that these centrist journalists just see unions as this kind of, like, power broker in the Labour Party? Yeah. They don't the union give... baron, Len Yeah, they McCluskey. don't give a fuck about them representing workers' rights. I mean, <laughs> The eight big union bosses. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. They just see them as these, like, powerful vested interests who, yeah. you know, kind of throw their political weight around. But it is especially unsurprising coming from a place like New Statesman that doesn't recognise unions. Yeah. And he said he would be satisfied with a return of 200 seats. McCluskey is in blood stepped so far with the Corbyn project that there is no way back. Carrie Murphy, who Unite lawyers describe as McCluskey's close friend as one of Corbyn's Ooh. principal aides. Andrew Murray, who was the chair of the Stop the War Coalition until last December, and until last December a long-time member of the Communist Party of Britain, has been seconded from Unite, where he was chief of staff, to work as a strategist on Corbyn's campaign. McCluskey's influence and power, there's that word again, have been fundamental to the survival of Corbyn. And yet he expects the party to lose badly. How has it come to this? <laughs> God, then there's a Scottish Labour section. It's miserable. Just this whole piece. He's got Jonathan Rutherford in there who writes Chuka Ramuna's articles for him. Oh my God. Should we give this one the award then for Melt uh, Article of the Year? Well, yeah, this is like Melt Publication of the Year, I think. Oh, we, Melt, haven't even, okay. we, we haven't even read any of the rest of our fucking worst publications of the year. To be honest, I just listed shit off the top of my head. Capex, <laughs> Reaction, Unheard, Spiked, and Politics Hard. Breitbart. Breitbart. Yeah, I don't know, really. Not asked. <laughs> For me, it's either New Statesman or Spiked, and I really can't. I, I can't choose <sighs> between them. Which one's more irritating? Would you say? I'll tell you what's fucking interesting. I'm on some wank. <laughs> I'm on some wank site called Politico.eu, and they've got uh, an, uh, an, another one of these Russian fucking websites like Politico, uh, Politics Home, Politics.co.uk. Conservative Home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Politics Hub. Pol politics. Uh. Politics Knob. Pol politics. <laughs> Po, 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 the, the website for politics, the politics website, politics.com. You like politics? Well, this is my politics website, politics.gov. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm on a uh, politics.eu list called 40 Brexit Troublemakers, and Keir Starmer's on here, but obviously Jeremy Corbyn, whose Brexit policy Keir Starmer is pursuing, isn't on there. And obviously Diane Abbott, the most prominent Europhile on the Labour left, isn't on there, although Clive Lewis is one of the... I think, two black people on the list. So they, they haven't entirely left out the Labour left. But yeah, the rest is Chukaramuna, Chris Leslie, all these people. 
It's just the classic fucking centrist syndrome of Keir Starmer. He's so fucking good, man. I would fuck his jawline. Uh, I <laughs> think I love his Richard Spencer haircut. He obviously oh. <laughs> he's obviously good at crunching numbers. He he, he put that racist bit in the manifesto. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. The racist bit. Yeah, over over, over uh, Labour's backtracking on free movement. Actually, it's all Corbyn's fault, and uh, Keir Starmer is still uh, Bay. But basically, yeah, Keir Starmer, he's great. Like, he used to be the director of public prosecution, so he's a cop, which is great and and makes him really trustworthy. How can you not trust a man who's put people behind bars that the state has got to prosecute? Who's probably put a load of poor people who did, like, drug offences in prison. Especially poor black people, which he clearly loves. <laughs> yeah. What a great guy. What a, what a fucking... Love, love Keir Starmer. What a, great, <laughs> what a great geezer. What the fuck was I even talking about, man? I just got too carried away talking about all the things that I hate about Keir Starmer. Uh... I think it was melt just publications, like, melt publications, melt publications. Yeah, I I think it was just this thing of like, yeah, Keir Starmer's great and Corbyn's bad. Like literally, they hate Corbyn because of his stance on Brexit. But the guy who put in charge of Brexit was one of the highlights of the whole Labour Party for them. I would love a, a like decent explanation of this, but I don't think it will ever be forthcoming because it just comes down yeah. to they think Corbyn's a cunt because the journalist said he was weird and they're very normal people, so they've got. Yeah to not be a weirdo they've got to have the normal opinions perfectly normal dicks as well (laughs) (laughs) okay so melt publication i think i've narrowed it down for me my nomination is either going to go to the new statesman or the specky not spiked pretty fucking bad spectator have just published some fucking shite this year and every year and frankly (laughs) they should have gone bust a long time ago but yeah. I fucking hate everything they say, frankly. Mm. So I feel like I get more wound up by specky articles than I do New Statesman articles. Okay, so Melt publication of the... Oh, sorry, most sad and tragic publication of the year. I don't think we've we've talked about the unmissable cow site. Oh, fuck! Fuck! unheard. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Fucking unheard. Oh, my God. Unheard is the latest venture by Tim Montgomery, isn't it? It's like a site for unmissable views that are underrepresented elsewhere, such as conservative yeah. views and centrist views and all the kind of views that don't have a voice elsewhere in the mainstream media. In fact, recently they've, I think, welcomed aboard their first pro-Corbyn columnist in the form of <laughs> uh, Brexit-loving Reverend Giles Fraser. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Because he got sacked by the new look tabloid Guardian, who who yes, seemed to did. be rather than trying to catch up with politics, seemed to be just like offloading all just their running uh, away from it. <laughs> yeah, just like offloading all their remotely pro Corbyn columnists. So they've started with the ones who not many tears are going to be shed over. You know, like uh, Paul Mason and <laughs> Giles Fraser. It's as long what... as they don't build up to getting rid of the ones we would actually care about. They're probably just going to... a worrying prospect. Yeah. Owen Jones just, like, forlornly walking out with his head <laughs> hung Owen low. Jones just getting bitch-slapped by Catherine <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Nick Cohen just like yelling at Owen like yeah yeah Owen yeah are you not gonna try and rip on me in any of your columns again are you like yeah unheard is definitely a contender oh my god you know what else you know what else what? we've forgotten I don't know if this counts as a publication because it's 
not a publication, but it's a, a source. Yeah. The spoon. Fucking ah. <laughs> rapist. Oh my god. I yeah. literally forgot the spoon shit. existed because they must have buried their shit after the accusations came out against fucking DM Slider Myers. From what I understand, Myers was sacked from the spoon after that. <laughs> <laughs> he, got, he got fired. I am just going to have a look now uh, to see if the spooner still. No, not the spoon theory. I don't know what that is, Facebook. Just... I, I know, I spoon theories of disability studies theory. That's weird. Oh, okay. I can't find the spoon on Facebook because I remember I think a while... they had me blocked on Twitter, though. Hang on. Oh, uh, hang on. Uh, <laughs> Hello. If you haven't spooned already, join us. Be the most informed person in the spoon. Sorry, room. In less than four <laughs> minutes. The spoon. Friendly and it, pun coming up guys digestible news politics and culture delivered to your inbox every morning you know what i'm no i'm not gonna subscribe because it would really start to piss me off all the notifications have you spooned yet (laughs) they're never boring (laughs) (laughs) they're never boring they're never biased they're um yeah, they're, they're totally not biased in favour of anything the Conservative Party do. <laughs> you know, remember yeah. when Jane Merrick wrote that piece, I think, for The Guardian, when the Tories released their manifesto, their fucking flop manifesto during the election? Just like, the Tory manifesto is smart politics. It's where most of the country are. Right wing on social policy, left wing on economic policy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what do these fuckers give a fuck about, like, being left-wing on economic policy? I guess it says a lot that they think the Tories ever can even be in any kind of way. I think they might have deleted the instance of us calling them melts on their Facebook page a while ago. Oh, no! No visitor posts listed on there. Oh, damn it. (laughs) We've often sent people vicious partisan invective on Twitter, but <laughs> we, we also we... do it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not very often, but we have to the spoon and to progress. I also see on the spoons about page on their website, they say we are Jane, Martha, Bobby, and Dominic. <laughs> no sign of Rupert. No, no Rupert. <laughs> <laughs> Rupert. Oh, brother, Rupert. where art thou? <laughs> <laughs> Jane Merrick is former political editor of the Independent. Fucking hell, she was the political editor of something. Jesus Fucking Christ. Who or Jane give- Merrick. Yeah, who would give Jane Merrick a position of any responsibility? Jane fucking dipshit Merrick. What <laughs> <laughs> It's the only requirement for writing about politics and fucking national media outlets. Being fucking stupid. And right wing, yeah. yeah. Literally. Sebo. Oh my god. Be oblivious and just write shit brain articles. If you can do that, you're in the money. As long as you're stupid from the right political place, as long as you're reactionary, it's fucking all good. Like, knock yourself out with political journalism. Like, you can make a fine career for yourself. I don't know. So I'm kind of tempted, actually, to give The Spoon our award for most sad and tragic (laughs) publication. They are fucking sad and tragic. That is so true. Yeah. All right. The Spoon gets it, then. R.I.P. Surprise winner. I never knew you well, Spoon, but I'm glad you died.
It's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing. 